Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey guys, I'm Brian Jackson. Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience Podcast along with Chris Hughesby. We have an awesome podcast for you guys today. We have our first Scottish kicker punter on the podcast. He was born in England but lived a majority of his younger life in Scotland. And he's now currently punting for the Browns and, and OTAs. Uh, welcome Jamie Gillen to the show. Welcome Jamie, what's up man? Hey, what's going on? Thanks so much for having uh, me on the show. Yeah, thanks Jamie. Uh, so appreciate it. it's great to meet you guys. Yeah, appreciate you being on the Fourth Down Experience podcast. Uh, you have been a guy that Brian and I have talked about trying to get on for a little while, so we appreciate it. So thank you. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so obviously, obviously you're in Cleveland right now. Um, it is summertime, which is nice up there. Uh, I would assume compared to what it's like in the winter. Uh, what's what's the weather like up there? You know, since you've been up there with the OTAs. It's been. Uh, quite up and down is we've had some pretty cold windy days uh, and then just recently we've had a lot more uh, sunny days but practice is all has been pretty windy for the most part so it's been really fun getting used to that nice well let's uh, obviously we want to talk about your story and journey but what what has your experience been like with the Browns so far it's been incredible because for me coming from a smaller school and also coming from Scotland, the, the facilities are just unbelievable for a start. And then I'm getting great coaching from uh, Mr. Prefer. And we have so much, we get to watch so much film because they have five different camera angles on us. So I can really study as much film as I can on, on my punting and my holding. So it's just been absolutely incredible and I'm enjoying every second of it. So I, can, I couldn't ask for anything better than this right now. Yeah, and you're you're a lefty, aren't you, Jamie? Yes, sir. Nice. I, you know, Chris and I have been doing this for ten years on the coaching side, and Chris punted in, in college. I kicked in college, and and in arena ball and all that. But we we've had several coaches tell us the college ranks, and we've seen it in the NFL that you have a little bit of an advantage being a lefty punter. Um, how has that worked out for you? You know, in your college and NFL, you know, career thus far, I guess. Uh, I think it's going really good. Everybody seems to, everybody I've gone against seems to struggle a little bit to read my punt. Uh, I'm also just having the rugby style too can sometimes make it a little bit more difficult. Having a good time in OTAs right now because a lot of the guys are wanting to catch my punts because it's different and it's, uh, they struggle, they, they find it hard to read sometimes and so I'm helping them out and they're helping me out. Uh, I never really thought. See, that's uh, I never really thought about. Didn't really think about that until Mr. Prefer and my last coach at Arkansas Pineville brought up how they really liked me being a lefty, and everybody says how much different the spin is to read. So I think it's really, like you said, it's really working to my advantage, and I'm just going to keep using it. <laughs> nice. So to our listeners who may not have heard of you. Um, 
you got a nickname, the Scottish Hammer, which I think probably attracted a lot of people to want to hear your story. So before we tell your journey, how did you get the nickname, the Scottish Hammer? Uh, it was from my coach that I had in high school. He just watched me kick the ball in a, a practice because I was the, one of the guys not do so hot on the game field, and I told him my rugby rugby union playing background, and he watched me kick the ball, and uh, it was just like you're getting called the Scottish Hammer. You know, he's a really good friend of mine. He's Brian Whitburn, an absolute awesome guy. And uh, he just thinks thinks it's funny because I was I was tackling people in games and stuff because not not thinking about that I'm a punter just trying to run into someone and then run the ball far in front of him. He just was like, "This is the perfect name for you," and he thought it was funny. Awesome. I didn't think it was going to stick, but <laughs> people people got a hold of it. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Um, I read I read a pretty cool article about you and. I kind of, if you can, just in your own words, while we have you, you know, on here on the podcast live, is, you know, talk about the process between the phone call with the Arkansas Pine Bluff coach, and then your guys' correspondence back and forth, and, and how that worked out. Uh, so, I had accepted a scholarship to Bowie State. Like I said, I only played five football games in high school, a couple of all-star games. Uh, accepted a scholarship to Bowie State on the national, uh, the national signing day, right, in high school. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so everybody makes a really big deal about that, uh, it, you know, at every school. And all my coaches, or including Coach Woodburn, would tell me, you got to sign these papers to be a part of the school. And me and my dad were looking over it. And we decided not to. And we pretended to sign them, basically, and, and we faxed them back over. And I guess Bowie State didn't look them over. And because we got there, um, well, when we when we got there to that point, they said, "Hey, we we didn't we didn't know you were going to sign them." And then when the Facebook post came up, Trent Hall put in my name because he knew I hadn't signed with Bowie State. And then they called me, and I accepted the scholarship because I wasn't signed with anybody. And this was really late in the game; it's about two weeks before uh, camp. And then after that. The, I, they, they called me when I was out with my mates and I just accepted a phone call and Coach Anderson's like, hey, there's a full scholarship to the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff and I was late, blah, blah, and I just said, yeah, I accept it. He was like, is that it? I was like, yeah, Division One. He goes, yep. So yeah, I accept it. And so I just got it on the plane about five days later. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all kind of crazy, but it's it just, I had to take the opportunity, you know. I was going to go to Bowie State if I didn't get that offer, you know, but I'm really glad I didn't sign those papers, you know. What did uh, what did you think that, that Arkansas was pronounced before you knew Arkansas? Uh, I thought it was pronounced Arkansas. <laughs> so the whole time I was saying Arkansas because, you know, you go Kansas, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they said, <laughs> I walked up there, I was like, Oh, I'm going to Arkansas, and they're right off the bat. Don't call it Arkansas. I thought, what's it called? And I Arkansas. I was like, oh man. Yeah, that's a great story. Yeah. So, what was uh, what was your experience like at Arkansas Pine Bluff? Overall? It was really, it, it was really good. It was uh, humbling. It was. Uh, I I didn't anything of it. For me, it's never been about what you get, and you know, it's not. Uh, People who play football here know Arkansas Pine Block may not have the 
the best facilities out of all of college football. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so for me, it was it's never been about that. It's about playing football, the opportunity, and I showed up there, a perfectly cut grass field, an awesome stadium, a weight room, and I was told that I get fed for free. I was <laughs> like, man, I am the happiest man alive, you know. So right. I showed up there. They're giving me pass, you know, nice helmet. You know, I, I just got to go up to practice every day and, and work out. I was just so, so, so happy, you know, as some people were, were, were laughing at, well, a couple of people I heard when I was going and stuff and had some few things to say about it. But for me, it was the opportunity. And look where I am now, you know, it's it, taking that opportunity. And no matter what program you come from, you keep working as hard as you can. You know, it's all about who you then get to show that work you put in and who you get in front of. You know, so I, I had a, I had a really good four years there, and I just ate a lot of food, worked out a lot, punted footballs and kicked footballs as far as I could, <laughs> and as high as I could. So it was good times. Yeah, it's a great story. I mean, I wish every high school specialist would would hear that. Hopefully, they, that you guys are hearing that that you don't have to go to all the. It'd be nice to get the big. FBS programs offer you, but you know if if the mid major D one programs get you, that's that's fine too. And you're obviously living proof of that. I, I am curious though, during your career at Arkansas Pine Bluff, um, did you do just punting or did, did you do other skill sets as well? I, I did all three uh, for pretty much four years there. I did it a few times in the freshman year because our guy went down, so I did all three in there. And as soon as the season went over. Our coach was like, "I want you doing all three. So I did all three all for the rest of the time my time there. Nice. You know, it's always so I did the field goals, kickoff, punt. Awesome. Well, what's funny is uh, Brian and I had we have guys that both both of us have trained in your same conference, and so we had specialists talk about you off and on, and we never really made the connection, and then. You know, reflecting back on it, we're like, oh, yes, I remember hearing about that guy through uh, through our trainees. Uh, we had, I, had a, I had a kicker I went to Southern, so he, he remembered you. And I think Brian had a guy, uh, was it Alcorn? Coca-Cola. Yeah, Alcorn. State. Yep, yeah, so those guys always talked about you, that you had a cannon. Oh, cool. I never actually got to, I don't, actually, I got to play against uh, Corey once. Uh, we went there and we played against them. And I think he was the kicker and punter there. And then I do remember playing against the, the Southern kicker and talking to him after the game. Yep. Um, that's awesome. Do they still train with you now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we we love the SWAC, man. SWAC's a great conference. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, I played, uh, played some great games there. Unfortunately, you know, the team didn't, we didn't win a whole lot of games when I was there, but. It was a bad experience too, and being able to get the opportunity to play in front of you know NFL coaches and get the opportunity that I have now, you know. Yeah. Right. So, so you're born in England, but you raised in Scotland for about 16 years. And then you guys come to the states, only play five games in high school. Then you're going to 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 Bowie State, and then you end up at Arkansas Pine Bluff Division One uh, program in the SWAC. You play all four years, and now you're with the Browns. I mean, just kind of like hearing that, you know, like, what, what's that feel like? Uh, it, feel, it feels amazing. Uh, I try not to make it 
for me, uh, I try not to make these sort of things a, a huge deal because you've got to keep yourself grounded at the end of the day and humble at all times, in my opinion. And when you're going through a situation like that, I feel well, like most right now, if I make if I make it bigger in my head than than what it what it should be, you know, that I think that allows people to mess up sometimes. If I go out there and just enjoy what's in front of me, not put any too much or any pressure on myself, just train hard and have fun with it and focus, you know, you should be you should be successful because I feel like some people put especially when you're in the spotlight on the, as a punter and a kicker or anything that you're doing where it's really when you like that, I feel like you can just really mess up by putting too much pressure on yourself by making it bigger than, than what it is, you know. So I just, I'm very happy with how everything has gone and I'm, I'm super delighted at where I am, but um, I, I, I want to play him. I want to play on Sundays, you know, so I got to stay grounded and stay focused and just keep looking for the future. No doubt. So, Jamie, I'm curious, you know, like we just said, you, you, you kind of take it one step at a time. Was there a point in your collegiate career when you started thinking, like, wow, I might have a chance to play at the, the pro level? And then kind of how did you address that when you started thinking or hearing those types of comments? Uh, just, I started hearing those sort of comments was my sophomore year. And then, you know, smaller seniors, and you had a lot of people backing me up in my school and believed in me but at the end of the day I, I kind of I got some really good advice from my, my last coach coach Sheffield there uh, about you know what you really need to do to actually even get a look because you know you can do really well at these small schools and stuff and uh, occasionally get overlooked if you're say for say maybe inconsistent or anything and then that's why you know obviously there's a great the guys on his camp and you can uh, go and show your talent there, but I just took it, took my opportunity and ran with it. You know, I spent a lot of time in the weight room, uh, becoming functionally strong and uh, explosive, so I can really crack at that ball and becoming as consistent as I possibly can. And taking advice from a lot of the old heads that had been through the NFL and what they did and what how they stayed in there a long time in the NFL, and so just really to try my hardest to be the best player I can be and when it came to winter conditioning I was running with the receivers and running backs I was making sure I was lifting with the linebackers you know and just trying to become just no I didn't want any reason for it to get overlooked by a scout you know mm -hmm. when I showed up for my pro day I got lots of advice to not uh, participate in anything that would become strenuous on my legs but for me coming into it it was you know, I, I don't want to say no to these scouts and whatever they want me to do, I'm going to do. So I went in and I'm a punter, but the scouts wanted to see me take field goals first before I punted. You know, and I was, I know some people that would have told that maybe, maybe would have told them no, but for me it was whatever they want to see from me, I'll do. So I did the vertical, I did the bench press, I did, I ran at the end of the day, so just in case I did tweak something before and just everything. I just try to take advice from everybody and see, see what happens and it seems to have worked out in my favor and now I've got the opportunity so uh, just anybody who's like I said the old head that's been through it just to take heed to what they say and just see see what happens with you you know nice so if you were starting in all three skill sets how how are you able to show that skill set of holding because obviously you know that's crucial at the NFL level to be a punter 
slash kickoff guy possibly and also be able to hold for the kicker. What did you do to make sure that the scouts knew that you were a good holder as well? Well, I, I practiced it a lot uh, with my, my long snapper was pretty much my best mate of uh, college, so he would come out with me even when I was working out by myself and would snap to me because I never, I never go out and punt just by myself and go slow and everything. Every time I go out and punt, I from my grab to, you know, my touch to toe time and stuff. And that I'm working with a long snap or at least someone who's throwing the ball hard at me to help my hands. I don't like to not practice game time situations or routine. So he would always come out and snap to me. And I would make sure it, my coach would come out with me and time my, my times and time my hang and everything. And just make sure I'm still working in that good routine. Uh, but then with the holding, I would then spend an hour, you know, just catching endless snaps from my long snapper and practicing my holding. Then I get on tape and then watch the tape. Um, I even held for my backup kicker because he, uh, you know, because he needed the reps in practice and he seemed to let me hold. And he was a lefty too, so I got reps at lefty and righty. So then when I was coming in and now I'm getting a million reps with the low junction machines here, and I think both the kickers are uh, trust me, and I'm getting better of it. You know, I'm curious. You know, watching watching you punt. I mean, you have a cannon for a leg. What what did you do for leg strength and leg speed to develop that power? Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of squatting, not just about heavy weight. You know, eccentric, coming down slow and exploding up through it, box jumps, uh, sprint training, bleachers, running endless bleachers, you know, um, power cleans, just uh, lots of expl explosive compound movements in the gym, and then working hard on like fast twitch muscles out on the field. You know, short 20, 20 yard shuttle sprints, uh, you know, running inside the bleachers and sprinting out them, not just cruising through them, and so I'm not giving it my all for that little short burst. <coughs> Just nice. that. So, um, I didn't do enough research here, Chris, and maybe Jamie can help us out here, but uh, I'm, I'm not aware of many Scottish punters in the NFL. Uh, are, are, do either of you guys know if there have been any Scottish punters in the NFL or Scottish kickers? I know there's been a kicker that was born in Scotland, uh, I don't know if he was fully Scottish, but apparently I'm the first Scottish punter. Nice. And most likely the first one in the NFL, too. Yeah, well, that's I don't what know. I was talking about in the NFL. Yeah, I think so. That's, I'm the first guy to be signed in the NFL. Right. So now, I mean, obviously, I know the differences between Scotland and Australia, but I know that there's <laughs> been a lot, of, a lot of guys from Australia, but you, know, you never really hear of someone from Scotland. This is pretty cool. Did how did did you get up with with someone kicking or punting, or is it when you came to the states, you just someone told you to try it out? Like, how did you physically start punting like an American football or kicking an American football, or who told you? Or who who worked with you? Uh, it was I just picked it up. You know, uh, okay. It was Coach Woodburn who happened to see me, and then he was the one that had to teach me more about. Actually, what goes comes down to a field goal or a punt, you know? So when you were like a like a 12-year-old or 14-year-old in 
in Scotland. Like, did, did you even watch American football on TV, or did you even know anything about it? Uh, I had watched it twice, or barely. I, I think I maybe saw some highlights, and I'm not gonna lie to you. When at that age, I was pretty bored. I'm used to the rugby game, you know, right? And it being super fast and stuff. Um, but other than that, no, I didn't even know. I just thought like a receiver or someone would just kick the ball, you know, I didn't know it was a specific position. So, uh, when I came over and uh, I started kicking the ball, and Coach Ruben was like, you know, you can get scholarships for this. And I was like, what? You know, I can believe it. And then he goes, oh, and if you make it into your throat, you can make millions of dollars punting the ball. I was like, you're lying to me now. And he was like, no, 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 I'm being that serious. I can believe it. So I was told, you know, so okay, so you know we call it soccer, but is it called football and in Scotland as well, just like in England? Yeah, it's called football. Okay, did you did you grow up playing soccer over there? Well, everybody grows up with a soccer ball in their hand. That's one of the main differences. Um, <coughs> with so I feel like over in America, you guys grow up throwing something. <laughs> you know, you're throwing a baseball, throwing a, a football. You know. Whereas in Scotland, you grew up with a soccer ball, you know, you're kicking when you're a kid with your dad or something like that. So I always grew up playing it, but my my sport really was rugby. Like I started passing a ball, kicking a rugby ball when I was like five years old. My dad's got pictures of me booting a, you know, a ball when I'm two years old. So I, I started nice. playing tackle rugby when I was seven and I was able to torpedo punt a rugby ball when I was like nine, ten years old, because mm-hmm. I used to, have, there's only one book I've fully read in my life, and it's Johnny Wilkinson, How to Play Rugby My Way, and he was one of the best, arguably the best kicker in rugby of all time, and he wrote a book on that, and I used to watch his YouTube videos mm-hmm. on my big old computer back home, and that's how I learned. So we, we've talked to guys that they hear the term soccer and it's always funny. It's always a funny response. So don't hold anything back. But like when you're in Scotland and, and you hear like, oh, these these Americans, they call this game soccer. Like, what, like what is your what are your thoughts like on why for some reason we called it soccer? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. I just thought it was just Americans changing words that the British <laughs> people made. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cool. Um, so, so you pretty much got a lot of your kicking experience from the, the game of rugby. Yeah, not at all. I got the conversion kicking from rugby. I got the punting from rugby, the drop kicks for a kickoff, all of it. So was it easier or harder to transition to the American football compared to the rugby ball? Oh, it was harder. It's- all right, why? Because the rugby ball is a lot bigger and a lot fatter, so there's a lot more of a. I think the sweet spot's a lot bigger than the rugby ball. We can you. If one of these days we can link up for a, a sweet punting session, I'll bring a rugby ball and show you. You can if you can punt a foot, American football far and well, you can launch a rugby ball. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, well, we'll, a little bit we'll be in Indianapolis in July. That's probably the closest we'll be to Cleveland. <laughs> we should almost meet up. That'd be sweet. Okay, cool. Going back to the Browns now, 
Uh, obviously, the Browns have been the hot hot topic these days. You know, they've been making the right transactions and getting getting a lot of high profile guys on the squad. What's the buzz been like around Cleveland since you've been in town? Uh, it's been crazy. I've, I've well, I've never really been lived in a, a big city yet in America. So even just being in Cleveland has been awesome, and then just how crazy the fans are about Cleveland is like the Browns is unreal, and then the buzz and the football locker room, it's uh, it's really it's, it's awesome. Uh, just because it's OTH, it's not. I, I I don't think it's quite as crazy as it will be. You know, like everybody said, just wait until training camp. You know, and we're, everybody's working really hard and staying healthy, and uh, it, it's great. It's just for me. Uh, it's just so much different to how it's been in college, you know, so much more structured with the punting aspects and everything and uh, making sure I'm just learning so much as well from the amount of film that they have, you know, they've got like, they've got five different camera angles of my punting, like behind, beside, it isn't a team period in a bird's eye view overhead. So for me, I've just got my notepad out and I can see everything that I'm doing and it's incredible. So, and then, it's pretty cool being around some of the cats that we've got on the Browns team, so it was pretty exciting being around that as well. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, how did you get notified or called by the Browns to get this opportunity? Uh, so it was after... Uh, no one really knew about me before Gary's Honors kicking camp. Mm-hmm. So my name... Well, actually, that's a lie to you. People had known of me because I got with an agent uh, uh, called Bardia, his name Bardia and Steve. Bardia's just been an incredible help for me. And Bardia uh, went to the senior bowl and was whispering in everybody's, all the scouts' ears and the team's ears about me, and they watched my film. They're really impressed. And uh, they were talking about, you know, maybe sending some people to my pro day or a, the pro day that I'm going to. Uh, but then I went to Gary's Honors kicking combine, uh, hunting combine, sorry, and I happened to do pretty well. I mean, I won punter of the competition. I had the most five-second hang punts, and it was a really good day. And then as soon as that happened, that's when I got some real looks, and people were calling me, and then I had the private workout with the Browns. They came over. And, well, Mr. Prefer came over, and I took him out for food, uh, and then we, we punted the next day, and I had a really good day there, too. I think my first 18 punts uh, 10 of them were plus 5, second hang, 50 yarders, and uh, just good location, and he was just had a really good day, and then we were punting more off of the charting session because we are just having such a fun time, uh, and then after that, an hour after that punting session, I got a phone call, uh, they brought me on an official visit the next Tuesday, and then I signed with them after the draft, so it was, it was awesome. Awesome. So what? Okay. So what's your go-to punt? How are you dropping the ball? Talk about like two or three punts that, that you really like. This would be you know for the high school and college and even free agent guys that are listening right now. You know that maybe they could take one or two nuggets away from whatever you're about to say. You know how are you dropping the ball? What kind of punts? What are you doing with it? Uh, it depends. Like this, now we're getting into it. Like it was a calm day, no wind. Nothing, you know, the perfect day for a specialist. Uh, I like to drop the ball with the nose to the back end of the ball completely flat. Like if I was a drop, it would bounce straight back up to me perfectly, you know, 
with no like a perfectly straight nice drop uh, I like to I don't like to have my arm all the way out straight I have a big bend in my arm and I hold the top of the ball uh, so I drop it pretty close to me super flat and just explode up through the fat of that ball and so I get a nice tight spiral that just goes straight to the moon you know and comes down slowly and then I get you know for every 10 yards that thing goes I get a second to hang so we're getting a fair catch and then obviously going outside the numbers that for me is a perfect style punt and that then once you get wind and everything into it that's when I, I change up my rhythm and style of punting that's pretty sweet that's cool did you uh how accurate do you think you are on on dropping a rugby punt or an Aussie we call it Aussie punt but I don't know if you call it the same but like a short range punt how how accurate do you think you are dropping it inside the 10 or inside the 20 uh, I, don't, uh, I would say I'm I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good uh, getting a little work with that with uh, Mr. Prefer uh, I got uh, Actually, so so Jamie like if if the on the opposing 45 yard line and and you're about to punt the ball and try to land it inside the 20 well what kind of punt are you typically trying to do like you personally i'm just, just going to do a normal end over end punt uh, i lean the ball a little bit backwards so the so the fat of the ball is a little bit bigger for me harder for me to hit i just punch mm-hmm. up and through and uh, well, well like kick it like a kick a you know a, a normal punt that i'll have my i'll extend my foot out uh, for longer, so I can really lay through the fat of the ball, and then make it go end over end and aim for the ten yard line. So we we've heard it called a drop punt. We've called we've heard it called an Aussie. So are you just do you just call it an end over end punt? Is that kind of what you call it? Yeah, end over end punt. Okay, nice. All right. Now, what about like we've heard a banana punt? We've seen we're actually teaching banana punts now. Have you heard of that? Like where the ball's kind of sideways and you kind of try and kick it to the right yeah. corner or to the left corner. Yeah, I do that. Was that, so that. Did that come pretty naturally for you, coming from rugby over? Yeah, I was actually doing that type of punt in rugby because, uh, true story, I actually uh, was watching the Argentinians play uh, Scotland uh, when I was a kid. And I watched this guy catch this ball right on the sideline of a uh, rugby field, kick it in such a way that it went left, banana all the way around, and one bounced out of bounds inside their 20-yard line. Like, it was just the coolest thing ever. I was like, yep, I'm going to add that to my archive, you know, of punts. So I was doing that when I was a kid in rugby, and then I discovered I can do it over here uh, in the football and just make sure I keep it controlled. And you can do lower ones. You can do moon shots that are nasty to catch. So just uh, applying them to my game. Oh, sweet. Well, Jamie, we're ready for our staple question here. Uh, since you're fresh into the league, uh, typically we're always asking our interviewees their, their top favorite, top five favorite stadiums they've ever played in. So I guess we'll tailor it down to college here. What's What are your five favorite stadiums you've played in in your college career? Okay, definitely number one was Arkansas State. And not because of the stadium, but because of the crowd they brought in. That was unbelievable. They filled every seat, and they were rocking as fans. So I really enjoyed when we played against Arkansas State. Uh, second stadium was we played Tennessee at uh, the Tennessee Titans Stadium uh, my sophomore year. And third is Jackson State Stadium because you know I'm pretty sure Jackson State 
play in Mississippi State's old stadium, I think. Uh, so it's like a coliseum in there. Uh, I had a real fun time there. Uh, fourth one is playing at the War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock. It's always yeah. fun to play that stadium. That's a great stadium to play in. And fifth, uh, fifth was when we played in my freshman year at the Slack versus Mex celebration. No, a challenge bowl game that started the year, and we played in Florida, which was cool. I actually, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the stadium, but we played. I'm pretty sure at the soccer stadium in Florida, and that was really fun. Nice, that's some good ones for sure. Uh, before before we wrap up, I was curious. So, try to remember Chris uh, and Jamie probably know who who's this? Who was the punter last year for the Browns? Is it Colquitt? Colquitt, yeah. yes, sir. Okay, cool. So Colquitt. So you have Colquitt to compete with. You have. Uh, Greg Joseph, and then who was the other kicker that just recently signed? Siebert. Uh, Siebert. That's from Oklahoma, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Cool. So, what's it? What's it been like with with those guys? It's honestly, honestly, it's been great. I think we've had great. Uh, we, we understand that this this competition. Well, for me, with, with uh, Britain, is competition, but it's not for me. It's not one bit. One bit felt awkward. We. We joke, we have a good time, we compete when we have to. He gives me great advice uh, when, I, when I ask for it and we hang out. It's I, I'm having a blast, you know. But then again, I know it's not training camp right now. But uh, so it would be really get along, uh, I feel like, with uh, Britain. And he's treating me really well. And I'm just going to keep respecting him because at the end of the day, he's going into his 10th year as, as a as a, as a punter, you know, in the NFL. So anything I can learn from him is, is awesome. So I think it's going great, and uh, we're doing we're doing great as a special teams unit competing. Nice. So p- pending everything goes well, um, do you already know the four games in preseason that you could be potentially playing in? Uh, yeah, one of them would be uh, playing against the Redskins at the Browns. Uh, it's quite embarrassing now because um, I've only been thinking about the first game. I haven't even been thinking about the other games. You know. Um, I should really know the three games after that. No, that's all good. I was just, you know, what's nice about you is you're you're just taking it one day at a time, and that's the way it should be. I was, I just didn't know. So that's that's awesome. That'll be fun. Oh, um, uh, Jamie, I'm curious. Are the Browns playing in London? And if so, is the whole family going to be going to that game? Uh, I hope so. If you get a chance to be on the squad regular season. Yeah, that if they are going to London, that would be unbelievable because I know my whole roots from the north and the middle of Scotland would come down to that. And and who knows? I mean, if if for some reason you have a great if you, if you're there all the way through OTAs and and you get to training camp and if you play all your you know all your preseason games and if for some reason Colquitt still gets to nod as a tenth year guy. You know, and let's, let's say you have a great preseason. I mean, we, we've known guys that have had really great preseasons and other teams pick them up if they're lacking. And you never know. I mean, you could, whether you end up, whether you stay on the Browns or end up on another team that's going to, to England, you never know. So. Absolutely, yes, and that's my mindset too. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always on show, you know, whether it's I'm out, uh, hanging out downtown or something like that when the cameras are watching or where I'm in practice uh, on my film and practice or when I'm on 
the, the podcast with you guys right now. I'm always on show and this is my personality and I've always got to show teams that this is who, this is who I am. And so when it comes to the preseason as well, obviously I, my goal is to play for the Browns and be the part of the Browns. But if I can go in there and have a great crack at the preseason, and like you said, for whatever reason they they, they, they do choose their coke with, then hopefully a team gives me an opportunity. And uh, another team gives me an opportunity and I get to continue my career in punting. Jimmy, yeah. man, it's been great hearing your story and, and I'm definitely going to be expecting to see you soon uh, to get some, some rugby training on, on the, the rugby ball. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. Jamie, uh, truly an honor. It's really cool to hear your story, uh, be a part of hearing it and sharing it uh, with the 4th Down Experience podcast. And, yeah, hopefully we can cross paths in person and obviously stay a, stay a part of your journey as you keep going forward. Absolutely, and once again, thank you for having me on uh, the podcast. I really enjoyed the time. Yeah, and I'm looking to link up with you guys one day soon. Let's do it. Best of luck, man. All right, later. Jamie Gillen, I think this guy's going to stick, whether it's with the Browns or somewhere else. I think he's going to have a chance. I think so too. I mean, the fact that he's got a cannon for a leg. You know, I got to see some of his videos that were out in the public. You know, social media type stuff and. You know, that, that's the type of stuff that you got the wow factor that usually attracts people's attention. So I, I think you're right. Uh, he's going to have a, an opportunity to keep it going, that intrigue, you know. One thing, I, one thing I thought was cool is how he called it hitting the fat of the ball. I'd never heard it sounded like that, but, I mean, that's a good description of, you know, hitting the meaty part of the ball, you know, when you're putting. yeah. <laughs> Whenever I've used that kind of language, I've always said the meat of the ball and the, the fat of the ball. Literally, the way he described, you know, every 10 yards there needs to be a second. I mean, that was like perfectly stated, you know, and we've always said the way, you know, our things when, we, when we're teaching guys, but that was a really cool piece of content there. He, he was a fantastic interviewee, and just what I love about him is just so down to earth and humble, and I haven't even met him in person yet. You know, just over the phone, he was so chill. So, uh, we're excited, man. Thank you all so much for listening to us. We really hope you guys keep uh, listening to us moving forward. Yeah, no doubt, guys. And uh, if you have any other recommendations on guys you'd like us to interview, just shoot us a message or a DM, and, and we'll try to connect with those those athletes and, and get them on the next podcast. So, uh, we really want to thank you guys for, for your continued support. Uh, we've talked about it in the past. If you like what we do and you're willing to support it, uh, we set up a, a Patreon account. Uh, the link is in the show notes. And if you're willing to donate to what we do, it just helps us out while we're staying busy with our family lives. And, and uh, Thanks again, guys, and we will see you next week. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. 
If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps. Or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.